I was just saying earlier on that you're going to be talking about a, a significant uh, contribution that we have um, to the International Space Station. That's right, Declan. Hopefully you can hear me there. Uh, yeah, I can. Per- perfectly now, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, a scientific instrument that's just gone up last Saturday to the International Space Station, and it's uh, playing a critical role in that. Um, I did a story on it on Saturday. And uh, basically what it's going to do is it's going to measure microgravity. As people might know, you know, the astronauts that are up in the International Space Station, a lot of the experiments that they do, like their scientists as well as astronauts, are based around microgravity or zero gravity. So that might be growing uh, things in space with zero gravity or various effects uh, that have to be perfectly zero gravity. Now, the problem is when you're up there, there isn't always actually zero gravity when you're running these very expensive experiments that can cost thousands, 50,000 maybe for a single experiment. So uh, if, for example, an astronaut gets up on the exercise bike <laughs> or uh, one of the fans starts to blow or anything like that, that can disrupt the microgravity environment. So you need something up there that can be very precise to uh, rule that out, if you like, in the experiment so that it's not going to interfere with your information that you get. And the Americans uh, who are up there, of course, along with the Europeans and the Russians, uh, the Americans had their own uh, instrument that they used, but the Europeans had to borrow this, which wasn't satisfactory because they were always second best. They didn't get it when they needed it. So now um, this device, which is called a payload data router, has been manufactured in Dublin by a local subsidiary of a big multinational called Curtis Wright Avionics and Electronics. And it's gone up there as part of a resupply mission for the International Space Station. So it's a big significant thing for Ireland to have, have uh, achieved that. Oh, very good. Well, congratulations all around. And, and you wrote about it in the Irish Times, yeah? Yeah, I did. So on on, last Friday, it's online there. Very good. For more details, so read Sean's article. Now, uh, scientists talking about dementia and lucidity. T- tell us more. Yeah, this... This is fascinating. A lot of people will be aware that when some people have dementia towards the end of their life, they get what's called terminal lucidity. Uh, I I have an example of this with my own granny, I remember. But essentially what happens is that people that may have had dementia for years and years, uh, a couple of years even, they don't uh, recognize their family, their close family at all. And then suddenly, uh, typically it happens maybe a day or two before they pass away they become very lucid and they can chat away and they can remember things from their childhood and then they pass away and this this phenomenon is mysterious because you know with dementia like for example alzheimer's the thinking is that the brain gets uh, literally gets physical holes in it uh, from the disease so you know and this causes the dementia so the thinking was that it's well that's irreversible then you know you can't do anything but if that's the case then why are people that have dementia, why are they getting this lucid phenomenon before they pass away? Uh, Because that suggests that maybe, you know, maybe there's a slight opening there that uh, could dementia be reversed? Do we fully understand it? So we don't know very much, and scientists are now really keen to tackle this phenomenon. And there are six experiments that are going on now for the first time to look at this. Uh, And the reason it's hard to study, of course, is that You have to find, you have to study people with advanced dementia and essentially get them or their families to agree 
to a study whereby they're going to measure phenomena, you know, just before their death. Uh, so, but they have, they've managed to get patients. And in New York University, uh, the biggest study is of 500 dementia patients there. Uh, the researcher is Sam Parnier. He's a famous English guy who's done uh, research into near-death experiences, which is kind of related. And he wants to track exactly what's going on uh, in people's brains just before they pass away, if they have this lucid moments. Uh, and and often it's quite bizarre because I know in my case uh, I remember my my granny suddenly you know after years started talking about uh, people that I'd never heard of uh, uh, you know when I was a teenager and I told my father and he said oh yeah they were her friends when she was growing up in County Longford and so she seemed to have retained this this memory uh, which was yeah. phenomenal and that that was shortly before she passed away so I think a lot of people might have similar stories. Mm. Uh, turning to uh, the cool Santa Sean Duke, by the way, uh, turning to a COVID-19 story, an increasing number of under 12s are being affected uh, by uh, COVID-19. And uh, some people are saying it's due to the variant, uh, the UK variant that's uh, causing this. Um, there was no trials really, sure there wasn't, on under 18s or under 16s for the vaccination. But some doctors say perhaps now is a good time to vaccinate kids. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, if we're, if we're going to get to where we need to be, we can't do it without vaccinating uh, children. Uh, you know, this famous herd immunity from vaccination, you know, to get it looks now because the new strain we're dealing with is so in, infectious and transmissible that we're going to have to get very high numbers, uh, percentage numbers of people vaccinated so that we can all be protected here in Ireland and around the world, of course. So that means that you're going to have to vaccinate children. And of course, there's that worrying signs that children or younger people are being more affected now than they were in the first wave. So there's lots of reasons to do it. Um, and it's now underway. Uh, you know, the faster these things happen, the better, obviously, because we want to get back to normal. So in the States, they've uh, Pfizer and uh, they've started to recruit uh, teenagers, 12 to 15, for their uh, vaccine, which works very well in adults. Uh, Moderna, they've got 3,000 volunteers uh, under the age of 15. Um, AstraZeneca, which is known, you know, the Oxford vaccine, they're going to start testing their vaccine uh, shortly. Um, they announced it just a week ago on 300 children in the UK between the ages of 6 and 17. And we should say that, and China too, I should say, they've, they've announced that they're going to do their, uh, their Sinovac uh, biotech uh, product, which is they're going to test on children aged 3 to 17. We should say, of course, for parents that the, the, the odds of a child getting very ill are very small. Like the figures from the US are that only 250 children uh, made up the total debt. We're in the total debt figure, which is now up above 500,000. So it's very small. But there are cases where the children can get a severe damage to their organs uh, and the, the loss 